0: Let's just uh, say a word of prayer before we begin the message. Father, we just thank you for your presence with us today. We pray that you take your word and help it not just to be a story from ancient history, but help us to apply it to our lives. We pray that your spirit would anoint both the words that I speak and the hearts of everyone hearing so that change would happen, change by your spirit that you would impact our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today, I'm going to be talking about sharing your faith with words. It's our last message in the Share Your Faith message series. Last Sunday, I talked about sharing your faith with prayer. And sharing your faith with prayer is one of the easiest, one of the most powerful ways to share your faith. How do we do it? I'm going to go over it real simply again because it is so important that we each learn how to share our faith with prayer. First of all, you just discern the need of a person that you know. Oftentimes, they'll tell you. They'll tell you that they, there's something going wrong in their life. They might be complaining or grumbling about something, or you become aware of a need. And that is an opportunity for you to offer to pray for them. You can ask them, can I pray for you concerning that need? You can either pray for them right on the spot or if that's not possible, you can say, well, I'm going to pray for you at home and then I'll check back with you and see how you're doing. And so just these simple words to another person, can I pray for you about, and then you say whatever the need is, can I pray for you about this financial need that you're having? Can I pray for you about this relationship problem that you're having. Can I pray for you about this important decision that you need to make? Can I pray for you about this health problem? And if you do that enough, you'll find about 99% of people will say sure. They're not going to say, oh no, don't pray for me. They're going to say sure. They might even say, well, if they don't believe in prayer, they'll say, what can it hurt? They're just going to pray. Pray for the person, and then check back with them. And when you do that, you do a whole number of things. You think, how can I witness to people at work? How can I witness to my neighbors? This is a very easy way to start. When you say to somebody, can I pray for you about something, you identify yourself as a believer. You identify yourself as a believer who believes that God is alive and active today. You identify yourself as a believer who Cares about somebody else. Some people are surprised. Why should you pray for me? Don't people just pray for themselves? You're showing that you really care. And so when the answer comes, and God loves to answer the prayers that we pray for people who are far from Him or, or people that just have a need. And when the answer comes, they see that God really is alive. God really works. Now the first time they might think it was just happenstance. It just was the way the ball bounced. But when it happens again and again, they begin to realize that God is alive, God is active, and God cares for them as well. And sharing your faith with prayer often leads to further discussions because they understand now that you're a believer, They understand that you're serious about God. And they may begin to ask you questions about God, about the Bible, about spiritual topics. And that's good too. Now when you get a chance to pray with somebody outside of church, we want to hear about it. I'd like to hear about it. The prayer doesn't even have to be answered yet. Just if you pray for somebody at work, you pray for somebody, uh, your neighbor, you pray for a relative, anybody outside of church, let me know. Send me an email. Uh, The email of the church is at the very top of the back page of your bulletin. There's a topic on the city about that message. Share your faith with prayer. You can reply there or just talk to me. Because we want to hear about each one of you stepping out. Getting beyond our shyness. Caring more about somebody else than our own feelings. We want to hear stories about that so that we can encourage one another to do the right thing, to be used by God. As I said, when we share with faith, we'll often be introduced to questions and comments about the Bible and other spiritual topics. And so as believers, we need to be ready not only to share our faith through prayer, which really is the easiest way, but also with words. The first verse we want to look at today is found in 1 Peter 3.15, and The verses are written out in the white page in the middle of your bulletin. You might want to pull that out. And there's also an outline of the message there that you can look at. I also want to mention that on the back is a study guide that I write every week with questions related to the message. This is something that you can use in your own personal uh, time with the Lord every week. You can also use it with your family. So we encourage you to make use of that as well. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And so when somebody asks you, "Why, why do you pray for other people? Or somebody asks you, why do you go to church? Or why do you believe in God? We need to be prepared to give an answer. God can help us, but this verse says, what's the first word? Always. Always be prepared. God wants each of us to be prepared. And so the answers that we give are to be given with gentleness and respect. We respect others who do not yet understand things about the Bible. There's many things we don't understand. And so when somebody has a question, we're gentle. If we understand something, we share it gently. We respect them, where they're at in their walk. With the Lord or in their journey to knowing God. Now, in this series, we're talking about sharing our faith. We share our faith basically in two ways. The first way is through our actions, the things that we do. How do we treat people? Do we do the things that the Bible says we should do, or do we engage in things that pretty much everybody knows is not right? What is our language right? How do we treat people? Those are our actions. We also can share our faith with our, with our words. And both elements are necessary to have an impact with sharing your faith. You can be the nicest person around, always being kind, always being loving, always being polite. But if people don't know why you act that way, you haven't really shared your faith. There are people that are not really believers. that are the nicest people you could imagine to be around. And so unless we say, Why do we do the things that we do? We haven't really shared our faith. On the other hand, we can share our faith, we can tell people all about what God's Word is all about, but if our actions don't line up with what we're sharing, if we're mean to people, if our language is not good, if people see us doing things they know a Christian shouldn't do, then... What do people call us? They call us hypocrites, and rightly so. Somebody who says one thing, but does another. And so both our words and our actions need to line up with God's standard in order for effective sharing of our faith. Now today we're going to be looking at a believer in the New Testament who shared his faith on a personal level. A lot of the examples we have in the New Testament about people sharing their faith are as somebody preaching or teaching to a large crowd that kind of thing, and and not all of us have that opportunity. But here, this story this morning in Acts chapter 6 is about a person, his name is Philip, sharing his faith personally with somebody else. And I believe there's some principles here that can help us in our own lives. Now, who is Philip? Well, Philip's name was first mentioned, as I said, in Acts chapter 6. Now, he was mentioned... In the light of a controversy, the apostles were very overworked. There were a lot of new believers that had come into the church, and there was some dissension going on. There were widows, and in those days, uh, widows there were no government programs to care for the widows, and so the churches cared for them. They distributed food to the widows who couldn't work for themselves. There were several groups of widows, and the two groups were kind of arguing because. One of the groups didn 't feel that they were getting as much food as the other group, and so there was a bit of a a bit of a controversy and What happened? Well, the apostles appointed seven men to oversee the distribution of the food, so that they, as apostles, could concentrate on teaching the Word of God in prayer and Philip was one of the seven who oversaw the food distribution he worked in in the hospitality uh, portion of the church. He distributed food to the widows. That's how he started out. He was not an apostle. We need to remember that oftentimes people just assume that everybody we read about in the books of, book of Acts was an apostle. No, there were many people that were used of God in great measure who were not apostles. But Philip made himself available to God to be used... In whatever capacity God wanted to use him. They said, Philip, would you help distribute food to the widows? Now, Philip could have said, you know, I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of power. That's not a job for me. I don't want to do that. But he didn't. He was available to be used by God. He said, sure, I'll do that. I'll serve God whatever way I can. Now, God had a plan to use Philip even beyond the serving of food to the widows. God had a plan to use Philip in sharing his faith. And God has a plan for each one of you here today who is a believer to share your faith as well. To do that, we need to listen to God. You now it seems as I, as I go through different Bible stories, and we've been doing that a little bit more lately than we have in the past It seems to be a recurring theme, doesn't it? We need to listen to God. Because story after story, the stories begin by somebody hearing God. Somebody hearing God say, do this or do that. We need to hear from God. That's how great things happen when we have ears to hear from God. If we don't hear from God, we'll just do our own thing and things don't always turn out so good when we don't listen to God. But our story begins with Philip in Acts chapter 8. And when God speaks, we need to follow his direction. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. We just had a lot of things in the news about Gaza, haven't we? It was right here. It's uh, amazing. Two thousand years ago, the cities are still the same. But God spoke to Philip. He spoke to him through an angel. Now, God can speak in many different ways. We're going to see a couple ways in this story alone. But in this case, God spoke to Philip through an angel. God can speak to people today through angels. I mean, if angels are still real, if they haven't disappeared, then God can use an angel to speak to people. I've never had an angel speak to me. Anybody here had an angel speak to them? Anyone? So it does happen today. And we need to be aware of that. God speaks in different ways. He can speak through another person. He can speak through his word. He can speak through his spirit. And speak in many different ways. And we need to have ears to hear. But this angel gave some very specific directions to Philip. Now, Philip had left Jerusalem... And what had happened is there were a great persecution arose in Jerusalem because of Stephen, and Stephen was killed. And after the, uh, the martyrdom of, of, of Stephen, the church was scattered because they became highly persecuted. It was very dangerous to stay in Jerusalem. And so Philip had left Jerusalem, and he began to share his faith as he went, as he traveled. And so now God gave him direction to go to a certain road. As we follow God's direction, we need to expect divine appointments. You might say, well, why should I just go to a certain route? It doesn't make much sense. I don't know why I'm going to this road. But you'll find out about God. We always want to know everything, don't we? We want to know what's going to happen. And most of the time, God doesn't tell us. He didn't tell Philip what was going to happen. He just said, go. Philip said, I don't see any point in going to this road. He would have missed the divine appointment that God had for him. It says in verse 27, "...as he, speaking of Philip, started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet." Now, Philip didn't know that he was supposed to meet somebody. He was just to go down this road. Who knows why? Philip didn't know until he met this eunuch. And as we follow God's direction, God wants us simply to obey. We don't always know why we do things a certain way. But as we follow God's direction, God will bring into our lives divine appointments. Appointments with people that God wants us to meet. And so as Philip went down the road, he noticed a probably a fancy chariot. You know, a Ferrari chariot or a... Well, I don't know what all these cars are. A Lamborghini or something like that. A really fancy chariot and going down the road. He goes, whoa. And uh, here it was. An important official in charge of all the treasury of the Queen of the Ethiopians. I'm sure he traveled in style. And Philip needed to stay in tune with God because here he was going down the road. He sees this man. What should he do? Well, we need to seek the Spirit's guidance. The next thing, apparently there was no other angel around, but it says the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. This is the plan I have for you. You have something to do with the man riding in that chariot. Now again, God didn't give all the reasons for the direction that he gave. Why should Philip go over there? But he instructs Philip to go alongside and begin interacting with the eunuch in his chariot. So first of all, God spoke to Philip through an angel. Then as Philip obeyed, going down the road, he sees this eunuch. Then God gives him more specific directions through his spirit. And so God can direct us in many, many different ways. But we need to have ears to hear. One of the most important lessons we can learn this morning is that God is a speaking God. God is not just way off in heaven, not interacting with us down here. God is a speaking God, and too often we don't have ears to hear the things that He's speaking to us. God directs us in many different ways so that we will come into the lives of people that he wants us to minister to. If you have a job and you've been following God, God directed you to that job. Because there were people in that job he wanted you to speak to. He wanted you to share your faith with. If you've been following God, the house where you live, the neighbors around you are not accidents. You're there for a purpose. You're in a family, you have different relatives. Why are you in that family? Because God wants to use you to share your faith with those people. Places we go to as we follow God's direction for business, for entertainment, with hobbies. If we're following God's direction, He will open doors for us to share our faith with people. He'll lead us to divine appointments. Now, divine appointment isn't a a phrase in the Bible, but I like it. And what I mean by divine appointment, it's a meeting with another person orchestrated by God. It's in God's plan for your life. He has planned for you to meet and minister to or share your faith with that person. And we need to not miss those kind of divine appointments because we can miss them. Philip could have not listened to God, just gone along down the road and missed Having a very important interaction with this important man. The divine appointments that God brings into our lives are meant for us to be a blessing to somebody else. And they're meant for God to bless us as well as we follow Him. So this week, ask God to open your eyes. I believe every week, God has divine appointments for us to make a difference in other people's lives. When God opens the door for a divine appointment, at times we may need to pray for that person. At other times, we may need to speak God's truth. Now, in the case of this Ethiopian eunuch, he was seeking to know God better. The scripture tells us he'd just gone to Jerusalem to worship God. Now, as a eunuch, he would have been barred from the Jewish court. Uh, he, He couldn't have become a proselyte Jew and worshipped there because he was a eunuch and the Old Testament law barred them from worshipping in the Jewish court. But he could have worshipped in the court of the Gentiles and that's evidently what he did. And so he had some interest in worshipping God. Secondly, he was reading from the book of Isaiah. Now scrolls were not that common in those days and so somehow he'd probably paid a lot of money to have this scroll that he was reading from from the book of Isaiah And so he was seeking after God. So what should Philip do? What should he say? Well, he began with a question. In verse 30, it says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. In those days, people often read aloud. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? Now, sometimes we don't know what to say to people. And I think it's important to remember that It's often best to begin with a question. That's what Philip did. As we read through the Gospels and see what Jesus did when he talked to people, often he began with a question. And here, Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? Now, a question invites what? A question invites a response. You're going to find out something about where the person is at when you ask a question like this. And so questions are a great way to begin a conversation, particularly about spiritual matters, They allow us to understand more about where that person is at spiritually. The alternative to a question is a statement. Just telling somebody something. And there's a time and place for that. But I think we need to understand that Oftentimes the way to start things off is with a question. And then listen for their answer. Verse 31. The eunuch responds to Philip's question and says, how can I? How can I understand what I'm reading? He said, unless somebody explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And it goes on in the scripture. And so then the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And so as the eunuch was reading the scripture, he had questions about it. This passage talks about a servant. A servant who... A servant who was killed. A servant who endured much persecution. And at this time in history, this passage in Isaiah 53 was widely debated between the Jews and the Christians. The Jews claimed that the servant in this passage was Isaiah himself, the prophet. The Christians, on the other hand, said that this passage was speaking about Jesus Christ. He was the one who died. He was the one who suffered. And so the eunuch probably was aware of this controversy and he asked, what, does this, what is this all about? Who is the prophet talking about? And by listening to what the eunuch was wrestling with in his own mind, the questions that he had, Philip gained insight into what to say. And so he began where this eunuch was at. And we need to begin where people are spiritually at. And so it says in verse 35. Then Philip began with the very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And so when we speak God's word to somebody else, we need to understand where they're at spiritually. What is their understanding of God? How much do they know about the Bible? If they don't know a lot, then we need to explain things in a way that they can understand. Philip began with this passage that the eunuch had questions about. And then he led him into the good news about Jesus Christ. And that's very important as well. I almost should have had another note in here. That we always need to end up with Jesus. Too often we get caught up in controversial questions. But we need to end up with Jesus. We need to take it around to who Jesus is and what he can do for you. All of Scripture really talks about Jesus if we understand it correctly. We can only determine where a person is at by asking questions, listening to what they say, and then taking it from there. Now, in the, this case, Philip asked the eunuch a question, and the eunuch asked Philip a question. Now, how did Philip know the correct answer to the eunuch's question? As I said, in a real way, we need to kind of turn every question around to talking about Jesus. But here in this case, I believe Philip was familiar with the passage. He'd been studying the scripture. He understood what this passage was about. He was able to answer the question. The very first verse we talked about today is to be prepared to answer questions, How do we do that? We do that by studying the Bible for ourselves. We need to take time to study God's Word daily. Not simply to just say, oh, I read the chapter and we can't remember, you know, an hour later what we read. But to study it so we really understand it. So that we could explain it to somebody else. Now, we're not going to understand everything, but the more you read, the more you pray, the more you study, the more we will understand And when we understand more and more about God's word, God will give us opportunities to speak to other people. And we need to take advantage of them. At times, one of the most important and powerful things you can say is simply invite somebody to come to church to learn more. I say, well, I don't have all the answers about that, but if you come to church, you're going to learn more. You're going to learn more about God's word. When you come to church, you're going to have an opportunity to worship God. When you come to church, you're going to have an opportunity to meet other believers who are seeking to follow God. When you come to church, you're going to have an opportunity for ministry. You have an opportunity for people to pray for you about your needs. And so that's a powerful thing that you can say as well. When we speak God's truth into somebody's life, we should expect God to move. If God has opened up a divine opportunity for you to speak to somebody else, He's made it possible, He made that person interested, that person's asking a question or responding to something, then you can be sure God has a purpose in it. And God wouldn't have Philip go to this chariot and talk to this Ethiopian eunuch if he didn't want to do something in the eunuch's life. And so God has a purpose. We need to expect God to move. If a person is not a believer, we need to expect that eventually, ultimately, the person will be saved. Now in Acts 8.36, it says, as they traveled along down the road, obviously they were talking in the chariot for some length of time, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water, why shouldn't I be baptized? Now you have to understand these stories in the book of Acts are summaries. They're not a transcript of everything that was said. They're summaries of the important point. And we have to kind of fill in the blanks here or else the Bible would be a book this thick. So we need to fill in the blanks. What had Philip done? Well, Philip had taken the eunuch from this passage in Isaiah chapter 53 and he'd moved it to sharing the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ with him. What was the gospel, the good news about Jesus? Well, it was the same thing that Peter preached back in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it's not in your notes. Peter preached and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, Philip had to explain to the eunuch that he needed to repent. He needed to turn away from the wrong things he'd done in his life. He needed to ask for Jesus' forgiveness and put his faith and trust in Him. And then Philip taught that as a new believer... The first thing he needed to do was to be baptized. And right after he told them that, they were going down the road and there was a pond or a river or something by the side of the road and say, hey, let's do it right now. There's some water there. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And so he wanted to immediately be baptized in obedience to Jesus as his Lord and Savior. So he was saved. He wanted to be baptized. We also need to expect people to be baptized after they're saved. Verse 38 goes on to say he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again but went on his way rejoicing. And so the eunuch was saved. Shortly thereafter, they found some water. Philip baptized him. Uh, The words denote... Immersion, and after the baptism, the Spirit, we don't know exactly what that means, but it took Philip away, and took him to another divine appointment in another town, and he began, or he continued, to minister to people and to share his faith and the good news of Jesus Christ. And so when we share our faith with others, we need to have an expectation that God wants to save people, that God wants to see people be baptized. Baptized. Now, people are at different levels of spiritual receptivity. They're at different levels of spiritual understanding. In the case of this eunuch, this guy was obviously actively seeking after God. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was reading the scripture. And so, he was ready. He was primed and ready to hear God speaking to him through Philip. And so, salvation came quickly. And that's the case for some, for some of us uh, today. Sometimes people are ready. All they need to hear is, what must I do to be saved? And they're ready. At other times, people have a ways to go. They have a lot of questions. They, there's a lot of things they don't understand. And in those cases, we may be simply sowing seeds of God's truth into their lives. And it's going to take time for those seeds to grow and for them to become ready. And maybe it's somebody else who's going to reap the harvest of salvation in their lives. We're just sowing seeds into their life. And so at times, God may bless us and allow us to lead somebody directly to the Lord. At other times, we may be able to bring them to church and they'll be saved there. In other times, we'll do what God tells us to do and we'll have to leave the results in His hand. Perhaps the person we're not going to see again. Other times it goes on for a long time. We speak into their lives and we talk about spiritual things maybe for months or years until God brings them to the point where they're ready. But we need to expect and not give up. Expect that as we share our faith, it will have a result. It will have an impact in people's lives and accomplish great things. And so God wants each one of us to grow in sharing our faith with others. In many different ways. God has divine appointments, I believe, for each of us in this coming month of December. This is a month where people are talking about who? Jesus. I forget what magazine. I was at the Walgreens and there was a magazine. I don't know what it was. Which magazines are still, you know, the print magazines are going away. A few more years, there won't be print magazines anymore. But there was a magazine there, a well-known magazine, and on the cover it said Jesus. That was all about because it was. Do they run that one in June? No, it's December, as Christmas, and so people talk about Jesus. So there's more opportunities to talk about Him in this month. God has divine appointments. We need to be looking for them, asking God for them. He has opportunities for you to pray for other people, to pray for their needs. His opportunities for you to share your faith with your words by inviting people to church during this Christmas season by sharing God's truth with them. So let's ask God to open our ears so that we can hear. That we just don't go through life kind of with all the noise around us and all the busyness and it drowns out the voice of God to us. We need to have ears to hear like Philip did. God's speaking to us and giving us direction because God is speaking. He's speaking every day to each one here. The only question is, do we have ears to hear?